Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Dr. Stanley J. Kahn. Dr. Stanley J. Kahn is the editor of the Journal of Fixed Income from 2001 to present and co-founder and chairman of Ripsaw LLC. Along with his two sons, Dr. Kahn developed Ripsaw Wealth Tools, a revolutionary wealth management platform that allows users to take control of their financial life by empowering do-it-yourself investment capabilities. With more than 40 years of financial experience, Dr. Khan is on a mission to educate and provide resources for those seeking financial security. Well, good afternoon, Dr. Khan. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You bet. This is exciting. Dr. Khan, we have a lot to talk about this, uh, this afternoon, about your background, your career, and what you're currently doing to make the world a better place. So jumping right into these questions... Dr. Khan, you've got quite the career in finance research as a senior associate, a professor, and now you're the co-founder and chairman of Ripsaw LLC. Why is it so valuable for us to be able to assess our wealth and investments in this way? And what does Ripsaw solve for? Well, first, let me say I believe financial decision making is an essential life skill. Furthermore, I believe that only you can make financial decisions in your own best interest. All you need to take control of your financial life is a platform built for you. And Ripsaw Wealth Tools is just that. Now, I came about this actually after 25 years as a professor of finance at many fine universities and 15 years as uh, director of research, a principal, et cetera, at a uh, sophisticated institutional investment firm where I built models uh, for which traders and portfolio managers could use uh, in the best interests of our clients. Um, I intended to retire at the end of 2013, uh, got on my backpack and uh, was hiking the Appalachian Trail in the east and in Colorado, the mountains here. Uh, got around to building our retirement home in Colorado at 9,300 feet and getting grandchildren uh, almost every year. So things were great, and they still are. But around 2016, uh, my family and friends uh, were asking me for help on their uh, investments. Uh, In particular, if I I took a look at what my kids were doing, they're now married, uh, two-income families, a couple of kids, And all of a sudden, you've got two IRAs, two um, brokerage accounts, uh, and you've got uh, things like uh, college savings plans for each kid, uh, your savings accounts, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden, you're up to 10, 11, 12 accounts. And managing across many accounts to get to a good solution, uh, remember, the purpose of this is to improve your standard of living over your lifetime. And as a side note, if you work hard uh, for your what you've earned in your basic career, you also don't want to lose that unnecessarily. So I looked at theirs. I also looked at another family friend that uh, asked me to look at her investments because she had an investment manager, an advisor that charged uh, 1.14%. And that's actually a case study I do in chapter four of my book, Do-It-Yourself Wealth Management. The interest rate environment was kind of similar to what it is today. So I'm going to quote you some of today's numbers, and uh, they would be essentially uh, the same uh, for the 
purpose of economic decisions. So the first thing that struck me was I looked at all the bonds in the portfolio, and there would be bond mutual funds. Uh, the portfolios were very complicated. They had 35 funds in one and about 25 in, in the other. Uh, it looked like really unnecessary to me to be that complicated. But the first thing I noticed was, wait a second, money market funds, as they are today, are earning essentially 0.01% because the short-term uh, three-month treasury bill is only 0.02% today. And the entire bond market that includes treasuries, mortgages, and corporates, that market is earning only 1.4% today. So if you look at advisor fees at 1.14, another 0.5 towards 1% for some of these expensive actively managed funds, and you're very near 2%. So just think about all these investments and in a portfolio for someone that's you know, near 60 years old, uh, the percentage they might have in bonds could be near 60, 70%. Notice if you're being charged 2% for something that only earns 1.4%, you're expected to lose money. And I don't know how someone that has fiduciary responsibilities could look a client in the eye and say, this is okay. But no one's asking that specific question. Then when you come to the stock investments in a low interest rate environment, yes, stocks are in a risk premium of maybe eight to 9%. Well, if you're gonna charge 2% overhead, then you lost like a quarter of your expected return and for the same amount of risk. All these things just seem unreasonable to me. So I also, later on uh, in the book as well, to motivate, I looked at thinking about somebody that's 35 years old and expecting to retire at, let's say, 65, has $100,000, and they'll add another $15,000 a year uh, to their portfolio in savings to invest for the future. Now, in a kind of normal portfolio strategy of stocks and bonds, uh, with a pretty high tilt towards stocks, given they're relatively young, uh, that portfolio would grow to about $3 million. But after fees, the accumulation drops to only $2 million. So you've lost a $1 million. Now, it's partly is the actual percent itself, and partially is the missed opportunity to take that 2% and reinvest it. So basically, losing a million out of three feels like enough incentive to consider do-it-yourself wealth management. Remember, advisors has this pricing power coming from knowledge, data, and technology advantages with the appearance of complexity. And they reinforce it with a lack of reporting transparency. These are all barriers that I believe today are no longer that formidable. Thank you, Dr. Khan. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's very, very helpful for especially, you know, even it, it doesn't matter what generation you're from. It seemed like it seems like every generation that comes along, you know, doing your wealth management is not their priority. It's very few people. And I still see that today. So I'm glad that you've written the book, but also are providing this platform, which is a great segue into my next question for you. 
you're obviously leveraging some new and emerging technologies within your business or your tech stack, right? Mm-hmm. But what makes Ripsaw's platform so special? Okay, well, first, my goal is to reduce the complexity and make it easily executable, the decisions. This is really the implementation of what the concepts are in my book. I know users are very time sensitive, and this may not be their main job. So we want this to work very fluently. The way we do it is we use electronic data access to create a complete balance sheet. So initially, you sign in, and all your data from your accounts that are online, typically those are going to be um, IRAs, 401ks, uh, your brokerage accounts. You can even get um, uh, further accounts, and, and, and it comes down, and we start building the balance sheet. What's kind of unique about um, Ripsaw Wealth Tools is we include a lot of things that these typical types of services do not. So we want to know about your house and your mortgage. You want to know how your mortgage, which is really a bond, works with your bond portfolio. If you have company stock restricted or options on the stock, any of those things need to be included. Your things like uh, social security, pensions, et cetera, need to be included. They are just like bonds. They just have a sequence of cash payments. So we have, we are able to model that and we get a market value for your entire portfolio. And then we bring, and this has only been available since 2017, 2017. We bring in data that's, uh, you may have heard of Morningstar as an example of a firm that analyzes all funds. You know, I'm talking about mutual funds and ETFs. They're very complex. They've got lots of securities within them. But that data then we can bring in and align with each individual investment that you have in your portfolio. By doing that, we have roughly 56 economically intuitive risk measures. When I say economically intuitive, things like um, the distribution of credit quality in your bond portfolio. AAA is the highest credit quality, AA, single A, triple B, you're still investment grade, below investment grades less than that. So we have that, we have um, the maturity structure of the fund. So we wanna know if it's, what weights are on one to three, three to five and so forth years, because that affects interest rate risk and we wanna be able to manage that. We have sector distributions, how much is in mortgages, corporates, governments, et cetera. And for stocks, we do a similar thing. We want to know um, what the size is of of the stocks in the portfolio. Are these large cap, mid cap, small cap? Are they value blend or growth? Do they come from technology or financial services, et cetera? We also know how much is U.S. and non-U.S. So we have all these measures for each security. So we're now tying that information which, as I said, has only been recently available to all the individual stocks. Then we roll all that up into a dashboard. 
So you can see your portfolio that's across all of these different accounts with many, many securities can be in each with many accounts. We have the summary on top of what the portfolio's allocation is to stocks, bonds, and cash, and all these risk exposures I previously mentioned. At the same time, we have a process where you set up what we call a strategic asset allocation or benchmark strategy consistent with your investment objectives and risk tolerance. And all and that portfolio, it's a tradable portfolio. It is available in the marketplace. It's the most diversified you could get. And that portfolio, we also take get all the same data. So we know all the risk contributions to that portfolio. And we can compare that to your current portfolio and think about moving towards that target. However, if you have reasons, and there are many, that you won't be able to get exactly there because you have these additional securities that are not tradable. I gave you examples of stock options, or if you like your social security checks, uh, those are not tradable, so those are fixed. So you have to work with that. Another example, when I looked at people that uh, had 401ks with terrible options, at very high cost. So I said, well, what we're going to do there is just say, what's the least bad option? An index fund, S&P 500, that was your lowest cost. So just direct all your money for that 401 to that, and then we'll work around it by investing in other stocks, mid and small cap, in other accounts, so that you'll end up with the total stock market that is part of your benchmark. So the third really big piece of this, okay, I have the balance sheet, okay? We have all this information on risk dimensions, and then we have the financial modeling that we put on top of this. So not only do we model every one of those securities, we also then have models to manage your portfolio. So for example, we run an optimizer which minimizes the deviations between your portfolio and your target, your strategic asset allocation. But we also allow constraints to be in here where we wanna put certain securities in accounts that have a tax benefit. So if you've got high interest rate um, bonds and stock portfolios that have higher yields than the average, You want them to have less of a tax effect by putting it in your 401k or your IRA. So you can put that constraint on and then optimize around it. We also have a tool called the assist tool that analyzes your portfolio and takes a look and says, wait a second, you don't have some of these risk exposures that are in the benchmark that you need. Remember, an optimizer can only help you with what's in there, okay? So we have an advanced screener that goes and gives you a choice of several uh, investments that fit the criteria that you need, and you get to choose which accounts to put it in, and then we re-optimize and we have a solution. Also in the dashboard, there are indicators that monitor how far away you're getting from your benchmark so that you can do a revision to stay uh, back in place. Or when you get cash in or a bonus or something else, you can see where to put it or let the optimizer tell you 
where to put it. So that's what we call a disciplined approach, a disciplined investment process that we use in sophisticated um, firms that manage institutional money. Uh, so I was trying to take the best of my institutional management experience and my academic experience to put this together, which has really only been available recently as feasible to do. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. You know, the thing about we talked about finances earlier, people don't want to take the time because it's overcomplicated. And, and of course, um, some of the folks on Wall Street like to just keep those secrets to themselves. Right. So it's it's I'm glad that you're bringing not only a way to help people um, do the right thing as far as their wealth management but also making them more engaged and feeling like they're empowered now. And I think that's where this generation's going with the technology disruption today. And, and I think what you have is simply amazing. So I appreciate you sharing that. And Dr. Khan, last question. Our, our audience would like to know just something real brief about your career experience, something that would be helpful for those looking to grow their career in either finance or entrepreneurship. Well, um, my general career advice is always, Find what you, you're passionate about. The road may be winding, but you will get there. You'll be happy at work and you'll, you'll be more productive. So, and what we're doing here in Ripsaw is not just for finance people. This is really for everybody okay? to improve their standard of living, to manage their lifetime, uh, what we call in economics consumption investment decisions. You know, we try to uh, save money now and in a tax advantage way with IRAs and 401ks so we can have more to live on later. But, you know, we also borrow against our future earnings so that we can have some more higher standard of living today, like we get a mortgage to buy a house. Could you imagine if we were in a world where everyone had to save up the entire price of the house before they could purchase it? Um, uh, the kids would have been long gone before you could do that. So uh, that's really important. And also I have in my book, the last chapter is really about applying financial decision making to all the other decisions you make during your lifetime with lots of examples. Dr. Khan, that was simply amazing. Again, bringing something back to everybody, not just the financial people, but bringing that knowledge and that platform, that tool to allow people to actually make a difference in their, their home savings, but also just a better standard of living. So Dr. Khan, I just wanted to thank you today. It was a pleasure having you on and I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Great. Thank you very much, Brian. Bye for now. Bye.